did things that were not appropriate, even to the point where denying me medical help and surgery due to possible cancer findings and having him deny me that. And I found that out through my company commander over in Washington. Doesn't dinner sound great as it's cooking? This dinner is from Riverbend Ranch, which always provides prime or high choice, has never been given hormones, never been given antibiotics, never been given mRNA vaccines. It's raised in the USA. It's processed in the USA. In fact, it's fully vertically integrated, which means that they own the cow that gives birth to the calf. It's raised on their fields and then taken to their butcher and then shipped to you. And if we compare what we can buy from Riverbend Ranch to four other major state companies that sell bundles that have ribeyes and other meat in it, it can be as much as $184 to $59 less expensive. It's a great price value and it's a delicious piece of meat. Check out mycleanbeef.com slash after hours. That's mycleanbeef.com slash after hours. Welcome to After Hours with Dr. Sigaloff, where he can share ideas and thoughts with you. He gets to the heart of the issue so that you can find the truth. The views and opinions expressed are his and do not represent the U.S. Army, DOD, nor the U.S. government. Dr. Sigaloff was either off-duty or on approved leave, and Dr. Sigaloff was not in uniform at the time of recording. Now, to Dr. Sigaloff. All right, well, thank you for joining me again. I first want to thank my Patreon supporters. We have an anonymous family that's donating $20.20 a month. We have the Plandemic Reprimando tier at $17.76 a month with Ty, Charles, Tinfoil, Stanley, Dr. Anna, and Frank, Brian, Shell, and Megan. We have Kevin and Pat and Bev who are donating $10 a month. We have the Refine Not Burn tier at $5 a month with Linda, Emmy, Joe, PJ, Rebecca, Marcus, Elizabeth, Dawn, Jennifer, and Ken. We have Addison Mulder who gives $3 a month. We have Frank giving $1.50 a month. And then the Courage is Contagious tier at $1 a month with Amanda, Jay, Spetsnasty, Darrell, Susan, BB King, and Rick. Thank you so much for all the support that you've given. My, Just thank you so much for all the support that you've given me. My next guest, I want to in, invite um, Jeanette Rimfer on. And she was an OR nurse in Hawaii at Tripler. She's now out of the military, so her views are her own. But she ran into a lot of problems with toxic leadership. And as you'll see, we've talked about toxic leadership quite a bit here. And is a lot of this toxic leadership is stemming back to her not being vaccinated, or at least that's what she can reasonably assume. So tell us a bit about yourself. Yeah, I'm retired Captain Jeanette Renfer. I was uh, active duty for five years, 11 days. I came in at the age of 42. So I was an army wife for 23 years before I joined. My husband just retired of 26 years. So I've been around the military for quite a while. I've been a nurse since 2010. And joining the Army, Tripler was my only station from the first day getting there, not being even on the record book of my name showing up as a soldier coming to Tripler. That is how my first day started active duty after training. So seeing what I thought was a little bit more of an organized group in the AMED to the very last day of not even being farewelled, the toxic leadership in between was quite eye-opening 
coming from a civilian standpoint now to um, active duty. The reason why I just wanted to bring forth some things is that we always talk about toxic leadership and the combination between that and the COVID vaccine. I think we had quite a bit of butting heads and a little bit of fraternization and threats and not being treated quite fairly. Just thought I'd share some things with you right now on on the show. Okay, so tell me when things first started going bad with the COVID issue. First, I had, I was actually assigned to Madigan. So I worked at Tripler, but I was mapped to Madigan. So my my company commander, all my administrative actions, everything with leave and had to be done in Washington state. So that was already a little bit of a challenge and time consuming with getting things done quickly. I was given 10 minutes to be given um my opportunity to go get the vaccine. I was pulled out of the OR room and I was told that I was flagged. I didn't get any notification other than just an email and that I had 10 minutes to receive the vaccine or UCMJ action was going to be taken. So this is where I started to really uh, question what army did I just join? Basically, I went right to the chaplain uh, and they said I could get religious accommodation, medical accommodation, or look at legal. So the first thing I went to was the chaplain's office and they said, we were just given authorization today that the head chaplain was not allowing the chaplains working in the hospital to give any type of letters or religious accommodation at this time. And I said, that's my only option. And they said, what about legal? They said, legal, you can go to legal. And they, and I asked them, what advice could I get against this COVID vaccine? They said, right now we can help you with anything but the topic of COVID. I said, this makes no sense. That's my second red flag. And medically, I didn't really that's, have any that's interesting. issues. Yeah. So yeah, that's the, interesting because mm-hmm. my JAG also said the same exact thing. I was suspended. I had all these issues. Uh, I was under investigation, multiple investigations. And JAG was told me, And it made it sound like they were told that they were unable to help with anything related to COVID whatsoever. Now, they're supposed to help me with work-related issues. And just unfortunately, this was a work-related issue caused by COVID. But it seems like they were, it seems as if they were given a directive from higher that they are not to help with any COVID issues. That was correct. That was everything I was given being told was the same thing. And I actually showed up with, there was a full word colonel, there was a lieutenant colonel, there was three specialist, there was a sergeant, and then myself. And we're all showing up at the chaplain's office. And we're like, we're not, we need the right. If the army is saying we're allowed to get this information to at least consent against the vaccine, and you're allowed to get a religious combination, why are we being told all the chaplains can't help, the JAG can't help, and the doctors had no uh, format to even say that this, this soldier can't get it because they had, this was day one of the mandatory um, process. So no one had the right, we weren't prepared. Let's just put it that way. We weren't prepared. And this was in September of 2021. Um, so we were already one year out. So it's not like they didn't have time to come up with this, but they didn't think soldiers would not get it either. Right. I I believe I began issuing medical exemptions probably like the 28th of August of 2021 was the first time I gave one out. And the mandate officially was stated on August 24th. Yeah. So I I used the the previous uh, laws that were in place, AR 40-562, that was originally published 
in 2013, I used what outlined there to give medical exemptions. So I wound up being on orientation at the time. So I was actually able to take care of my affairs, which my boss was saying, better get this done so you're not flagged. And I said, Roger, sir, left out. And I wound up creating a 42-page religious accommodation letter. I wound up linking up with several physicians, military police, nurses, other battalion commanders, some physicians from the hospital and outside that were all military affiliated with all different branches. And we all started meeting every week and we were all starting to come across the same obstacles. And we were, because of this team, um, I found that I was in the right. I had federal law. The law is the law. You can't change it. If you cannot inject, even as a nurse, you can't put anything to anybody's body, can't inject and can't force them to take any medication without their consent. What's the difference between this one? This is new. COVID's a little different. Um, there was not enough research and it's really hard to scare me as a nurse <laughs> with things that I've seen and come across. So I asked questions and they didn't like that. What were some of the things that you and your friends figured out? Uh, I'm sure you stumbled across 10 USC 1107 Alpha pretty quick. And what are the, can you explain what that is? And if not, I, I can fill you in if the number is escaping you at the moment. Yeah, fill me in a little bit on that and then I can elaborate. Okay. So the 10 USC 1107 Alpha, that's the one that is the U.S. code that states that it's unlawful and illegal to tell service members to participate in anything that's under EUA. So that's masks, that's the testing for COVID, that's the shot. It's all of that. And that's it. That's how they, I don't know how they were able to do this, but they convicted Mark Bashaw of not getting the shot, not getting the testing, and not wearing the mask, even though it's unlawful under 10 U.S.C. 1107 Alpha. I think the key point of information that I was given, which was I was privy to, not to most people, was that the JAG officer that we had on our team, she wound up pulling up all sorts of information that was unlawful, going down to the point where Lloyd Austin was also exempt from getting it because Congress signed off that he was the one mandating it for all the military and he himself hadn't even gotten it. So nobody in Congress was getting it. It was just really interesting coming from the government stand side. Now, what was happening in the hospital? Uh, again, no names. I know handfuls of people that turned in fake cards, got pregnant on purpose, that wound up getting a vaccine off post, say, and turned in. Things were just not uh, quite organized in Hawaii. So you can get your vaccine at, at any drugstore and it wasn't at the hospital. So any card just presented with a date. There were people selling them and just turning them in just to say they got it, but they never received it. So there was a lot going on behind closed doors, and the hard part was not being able to speak because of UCMJ. Yeah, it's interesting how they can hamstring you and make you think that, oh, we're going to take legal action against you, even though you're talking about things that aren't mission-related. There, it's it, I received the unlawful order that I cannot talk about COVID-19 vaccine or virus during the duty day and in uniform. But that's against my First Amendment because it has nothing to do with my military duty. I wound up having most people come to me privately and, and quietly, knowing that I was against what the government was doing with the military as far as this mandate. So people were starting to come to me and saying, hey, how can you help me? And I said, I can help you legally. I can't tell you what you can and can't do, but I can tell you if you need information to 
to get you to not take this, that I can do. And the the religious accommodation was one and medical. And I have helped numerous physicians, anesthesiologists, nurses, even soldiers all dig their heels into the ground, not get it. And they're still fine. They're still in the military. They got out. I got out with honorable discharge because I got tired of not, um, what I had was the truth behind me and I had enough guts to just start speaking out loud. And that's where the tension was rising, but I was doing it in a professional way, but I had the power and nobody liked it. And at the end of the day, we were right. That's pretty much why I started the path with my boss being a little unfair. Reprisal was definitely there. Did things that were not appropriate, even to the point where denying me medical help and surgery due to possible cancer findings and having him deny me that. And I found that out through my company commander over in Washington. So support was not there, but I still fought it. And I was right at the end of the day. Wow. So they prevented you from getting medical care using their military authority. That's, that is insane. Yep. I have proof of it. I have emails. I have the phone calls. I have the people that, that, that actually regained my trust and respect that they were like uh, explaining to me, Jeanette, I got this email. I got this phone call. What's going on? And I'm like, this is the most ridiculous thing I've ever seen. And I wound up doing a full investigation on this particular person in the department, keeping it lightly. And the sad part is so many people came forward and had complained about the same toxic leadership. And basically when you PCS, it's just a slap in the hand and they keep moving on. But I wasn't afraid to make my point in front of these people that it's okay to speak up. You're not, you're still a human being just because you're in the military when wrong is wrong. But I found it very difficult to be heard and have something done about it. But I'm not afraid to say and speak my mind now if I know the truth is the truth. Yeah. Very good. And you can see that kind of same uh, with a couple of previous episodes. When, at the time of recording, they haven't been published yet. Um, but an episode where a young lady's had three heart attacks and she was basically blown off by all of her uh, medical staff and actually told to go home, come back a different time. And that was a registered nurse that did that. And then there's also a senior sergeant first class who had uh, a cancer diagnosis and he was told that, that he had to tell his master sergeant specific HIPAA information. And it's just... It's mind blowing the toxic leadership and the amount of just how personal people can get into your business, how they think that they're privy to that information when they're not. That's your private health information. Yeah, I, I totally agree. And I think if you're in the medical field, it's a little bit more loosey goosey, I say, because we talk about things because we're just nurses and doctors and, you know, just around that field of you just share. But there are some things that this my supervisor did not need to know but he would not help me unless he knew all the details. And some of the things were extremely private and HIPAA related and HIPAA was broken in my, in my case. He wound up sharing my personal surgical information with a lot of people in the team, which I come find out because people did like me, that I worked with my coworkers, super hard working folks to the left and right of me and even the surgeons and, and the higher ranking, they wound up confronting me saying, Hey, this is what this person's been saying. This is not right. And I get to the point where I'm like, what did I join the army for? If I'm a nurse, I want to help people. This toxic leadership, I've never experienced anything like it as much as I have in the army. And, 
at the end of the day, I'm still who I am. I'm still the hardworking person. I'm still ethical. I still advocate for my patients correctly. And if I can't do that for myself, I don't need to be part of an organization that is using me as a pincushion. I think we're getting tired of it. And we're using the, the healthiest. And I think some of the most patriotic people have in the United States and the will to put on the uniform and go and support the fight. And we're not taking advantage of how healthy we are, how strong we are mentally, and how and how we're ruining our health due to vaccines and pincushions and trial and error things. And then when things fall apart, we don't, we're not managing that as well. So I want to be able to gather information on what's next. Why, where is everyone now in the military that were not vaccinated? and who are vaccinated and what's the circumstances of their health. We need to start gathering that information now. Yeah, about 9,000 or more service members have been discharged at this point uh, because they refused to take the vaccine. And there's even some that were, that I know for a fact, were discharged as a, quote, refusal to train when it's mainly because they were not allowed into the schoolhouse uh, because they weren't given the shot. And so that's not a refusal to train. That is getting people out of the military for making, weaseling your way around the law so that you can't say it's, well, because they didn't take the shot, because it's illegal to tell people to take the shot. And that happened here at Fort Huachuca. And it's sickening. It's disgusting. And charges need to be pressed. And just before we came on the air to or started recording this, there was a news article that was just published today, I believe it was. And today is the 11th of August, a time of recording. And it said that the FDA lawyer said that it's perfectly fine for doctors to treat COVID patients with ivermectin. Yeah, why not? Why not? We I've done all that research right in the very beginning, and I'm not even a doctor. I'm a nurse. I've never done more research on a vaccine in my entire medical career than I did in the last three years with COVID. It's eye-opening and I'm thinking, how much have I been lied to in the medical field or the schools to say that this is the way we need to do things? And now I'm going, nope, I'm starting to open my eyes to other alternative ways to heal. And, I'm, and I've been a strong advocate for, you don't have to do the pill, but sometimes you just need to, but there are other alternatives to, to keep yourself well and healthy. I will say that there was one thing that was quite astonishing in the very beginning where I was very close to a chaplain that was working at the hospital. She was absolutely berated, harassed to the point where I think she, if she hadn't had the team, I don't think she would have made it mentally. So we've all taken a beating in that sense, but came down to the Lanai and they had at least 50 to 60 soldiers just lined up ready to take the vaccine. And they, they were women, there were girls that were crying, that were pregnant. Some guys were just not sure what to do. The chaos was insane. It was like World War II camp. Just put your shoulder up, bring your uniform down. And it was just shot, shot, shot. And the chaos and the fighting and the screaming was just, I've never seen anything like it. And the chaplain came down and she's just, hey, you guys are, are allowed to request a religious accommodation or a medical accommodation or legal. And higher up came down and started berating her in front of the soldiers. 
as a major and she's a chaplain. She's just don't you're, you're they were telling her she's denying them of getting the shot. She said, no, I'm telling them that the army just gave us three options to look into and consent. You need a consent. These people are crying and they it was just awful. We wound up getting 40 signatures and then the soldiers wound up coming back after and just to figure out like what's going on. Most of them didn't even get the second shot. It was just it was chaotic. And I'm like, what year are we living in? And what era are we in? And why are we treating our soldiers like this? The morale was horrific. Ordered to get a, get the shot. They had what they called a vaccine rodeo at the gymnasium here on post. And I had to approach, I had to go there every day for almost a week and just sit there in the unvaxxed area. I think it was a way to segregate me and others. And while I was sitting there, there was a company commander who started speaking to me and I told him, hey, you and I can talk later in a different place, not in front of all these privates, but this is an unlawful order that you need to know because you are giving this unlawful and illegal order. And as I'm saying this, there's a guy maybe 30 feet to my left who just received the vaccine seconds ago and his left arm went numb. And the nurse standing next to him who just administered that said, oh yeah, that's normal, that happens. And he's like, I can't feel my arm. And he, was, he was freaking out for a good reason because he couldn't feel his arm. And then that ended up culminating in me getting a general officer memorandum of record at Gomar for telling that officer that this was an illegal and unlawful order and that he should not be giving it. That's insane. I just have to say, after all this has been said and done and being segregated, yes, those that were not vaccinated, we wound up getting that lovely email being tested twice weekly for however long they decided to do it. And I said, this isn't going to deter me. But there was an interesting thing that when I went down to check to see what their swabs were, these are the same swabs that we've been using for decades for chlamydia, for swabbing of the mouth or doing aerobic and anaerobic testing in the OR. This is the same thing we're using for COVID. And I'm like, this COVID's new, but we're still using the same stuff for STDs and swabbing and doing aerobic and anaerobic stuff that we've always had. And I'm going, this makes no sense. How is this? This is a new disease. And we've had the tests are already coming out. And I'm like, this doesn't make sense. So there again, I'm asking a question. I'm like, how are we using something we've had forever? If this is something new and the most dangerous disease out there, and we're using like a, a sheet basically over our face, it doesn't, it, it just didn't make any sense to me in the beginning. So what happened was I'm one of 10 people in the OR. Here we are swabbing twice a week. I wound up taking a lot of leave on the days that they were swabbing. So I actually got around it. There's always a loophole. If you're smart, you, if they're going to test you every Tuesday and Friday, I'm going to make sure I take some leave. I had plenty of it. I had 117 days of leave because obviously we're not going anywhere. We're on island. I wasn't allowed to leave the island because I wasn't vaccinated. The only way I was allowed to leave was uh, unfortunately when my father passed in Florida, just by death. Couldn't go anywhere. So I said, okay, I too can play this game. So I, did, I wasn't swabbed twice a week. And every time I was, it was negative. I still have that negative pink line and it's been three years. So everyone that's in the OR, they're double vaccinated. They're double, triple boosted. And guess who's sick all the time? And guess who's calling in and filling in for everyone? Me. The one, I think there was only me and one other that was not um, vaccinated. I'm filling in and being called in 
because all the other nurses that are circulators, because you can only replace the circulator with the circulator, can't just bring in any nurse, they're homesick with COVID again and again. <laughs> and now they're like, well, you can come back five days after. You, you, just the look in their faces and how tired and really sick they were, even they shouldn't even come in. But here I am negative again. And I'm like, is anyone taking notes? <laughs> like I'm saying this out loud. I'm the only one that's not vaccinated here. And I'm filling in for everybody that's sick over and over. I haven't even been sick. I got COVID once for a 24 hour thing. It, that was it. My husband got vaccinated and he was sicker than dog. It was torture to watch him go through what he went through. So I don't know, God gave me immune system I'm, and mine's working fine. It, Vaccines are vaccines. I get it with the military, but this one was just way different. This one was new technology, new therapy that's never been used in humans. It's a gene therapy. And they also put in the lipid nanoparticle in there, which I personally believe is a bioweapon developed in part by China. And I encourage my listeners to go back and listen to episode 33, where I show you with public source documentation how it's a bioweapon developed in part by China. Uh, if people only knew what we know, in a book just to read to understand what's going on we've had multiple soldiers just collapse during trainings for months after the vaccine was starting to take off with the mandate and soldiers were collapsing during trainings out in schofield they were having seizures heart attacks they were passing out left and right and these are the, your infantry kids these are like the muscle, the runners, the healthy young kids. And now all of a sudden, they're just dropping left and right. It is questionable to know where are they at today? And where are all the soldiers that, that I knew that coming through the tripler? Where are they right now after all this and the damages and the heart attacks and the EKGs? EKGs now in the last nine months, I was in tripler. All of a sudden, the anesthesiologist that I helped She's Jeanette, thank you. She was Navy too. And she's, thank you for your information because I am so busy at work. I don't have time to do the work it took you to submit the information that I needed. So thank you. It saved my job. It saved her job. And she goes, why are we doing EKGs now for every single patient coming in surgery? I'm like, what do you think? Heart conditions, vaccine, vaccines. We're seeing an uptick on that. Where's the data? Well, we're, we're living in the middle of the, the data right now. And there's a DMED data that came out that I helped blow the whistle on. And that was completely ignored, database taken down, re all the information wiped out, new information put up, and then the database put back up. That's where the data is going. I would love to go back to old school stuff, like printing it on a piece of paper, putting in a book. No one can take that book away. No one can take it down on the internet. People can pass it and read it on their own time. We just need to gather what we've had, I think, because in, in the next five years, I think things are going to be drastically different in the healthcare field and how military are, are functioning with their health with all this. We're already seeing a 300% uptick in miscarriages in the last year alone, yet these young girls cannot stay pregnant. The hemorrhaging is really sad. So we're already seeing a decline on the reproductive side of things with this vaccine. And there's a lot going on. Why are we getting so many 
cancer patients back up that were just fine for the last four or five years and now they're full-blown stage four and they had they're not with us six to eight weeks later or within the year of uh, just it's just been a big change brain tumors in these young kids coming in with craniotomies we're seeing in the OR like where are these young people in the military because we had all branches that we were taking care of in Tripler they've got brain cancer brain tumors and they're in their 20s and we're like what is happening so those are just questions that I have they're just questions I want answers for yeah it's it's unusual it's un not natural it's abnormal to see these levels of what many people are calling turbo cancer, which I think is the appropriate name for it. Oh, yeah. Um, just cancer out of nowhere, and it's a stage four diagnosis. It's wow. Unusual cancers at that. Yeah, very. And just seeing the videos of the autopsies and listening to those that work in the field across the nation of gathered information of weird things they're finding in the autopsies with those that were vaccinated. It's like alien-like things that they're observing that's in our bodies. And they've never seen anything like it since this vaccine has been uh, pushed onto the population. Images are images, you can't fake that. And I guess if you work as a mortician and you're trying to figure out what's going on, the best thing is to just dig and, and compare notes. And I'd like to see that information out as well. Janet, is there anything else that you want to leave us with before we have to, have to go? Just want to say that I hope everyone that is in the military to stick up for yourself. It's okay to ask questions and you have legal rights and don't be afraid to, to do the right thing. There are a lot of us that are still fighting for the future military folks that need to put up the fight. Don't give up, but we got to make sure that we're doing the right thing and we're advocating for ourselves appropriately. Thank you so much for coming on. I truly appreciate you taking the time, and I hope to see that book someday soon. All right. Thanks, Dr. Sigaloff. Appreciate it. Thank you. Just a reminder for everyone out there, the duty uniform of the day, the full armor of God. Let's all make courage more contagious than fear. Doesn't dinner sound great as it's cooking? This dinner is from Riverbend Ranch, which always provides prime or high choice, has never been given hormones, never been given antibiotics, never been given mRNA vaccines. It's raised in the USA. It's processed in the USA. In fact, it's fully vertically integrated, which means that they own the cow that gives birth to the calf. It's raised on their fields and then taken to their butcher and then ship to you. And if we compare what we can buy from Riverbend Ranch to four other major state companies that sell bundles that have ribeyes and other meat in it, it can be as much as $184 to $59 less expensive. It's a great price value and it's a delicious piece of meat. Check out mycleanbeef.com slash after hours. 
That's myclean beef dot com slash after hours. <laughs>